is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I was going to start today with... John Brennan. And so I think I'll save that for hour two. The premise being, is John Brennan a Russian plant, an old Soviet plant? I mean, I want to pretend I'm on MSNBC or CNN. Is he a Russian plant? Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I'm going to really lay it out, at least ask questions. In the next hour. I'm not saying he's it. He is. I'm wondering. You know, as if I'm Jake Tapper. Or the conga line of Obama appointees and so forth who are going out there accusing Donald Trump. Of, well, the Russians must have something on him. Otherwise, why would he be behaving this way? Well, do the Russians have something on Mr. Brennan? Why would he be behaving the way he behaves? And why didn't he do anything to stop the Russians when he was director of the CIA? So we'll get into that. But before we do, there's something that's been bouncing around the Internet. And I don't know how these things get started on the Internet. I guess they're posted and pushed and then tweeted and Facebooked and all all over the place. They bounce around. And that is this situation involving this actor, Mark Dublas, who I don't even know. Is it Dublas, Dublas? I don't know. He's a liberal, apparently. And so he suggests that his friends follow Ben Shapiro, a conservative. And his liberal followers freaked out, uh, attacked him. He dropped his post and then apologized. And I'm saying, what is all the hubbub about here? I mean, we conservatives, we understand this, don't we? We understand the totalitarian mindset of the left. We talk about it all the time. We've been talking about it for years. Why is this, this specific instance so shocking when it goes on every day and has gone on every day for years? In fact, for decades. To not understand this is not to understand progressivism and the totalitarian mindset that we talk about every single day. They don't support freedom of speech. They don't support civil society. They tell you this every day. They embrace this statism, this utopianism. And so the individual has to be beaten to a pulp. Anybody with an independent thought or contrary thought has to be smeared. Now, I went back and I looked at my book, Emeritopia, out in 2012. Utopianism substitutes glorious predictions and unachievable promises for knowledge, science, and reason while laying claim to them all. Yet there's nothing new in deception disguised as hope and nothing original in abstraction framed as progress. And especially threatened are the industrious, independent, and successful. 
For they demonstrate what is actually possible under current societal conditions, achievement, happiness, fulfillment, thereby contradicting and endangering the utopian campaign against what was or is. They must either be co-opted and turned into useful contributors to her or advocates for the state or neutralized through sabotage or other means. Indeed, the individual's contribution to society must be downplayed, dismissed or denounced unless the contribution is directed by the state and involves self-sacrifice for the utopian cause. In other words, the true hardcore status progressives, they're not interested in dialogue. They're interested in devouring everybody and controlling the discussion such as it is. Utopianism also attempts to shape and dominate the individual by doing two things at once. It strips the individual of his uniqueness, making him indistinguishable from the multitudes that form what is commonly referred to as the masses, but it simultaneously assigns him a group identity based on race, ethnicity, age, gender, income, and I might say belief systems to highlight differences within the masses. It then exacerbates old rivalries and disputes or it incites new ones. This way, it can speak to the well-being of the people. Like the Democrats have a new campaign slogan, for the people, or we the people, as a whole, while dividing them against themselves, thereby stampeding them in one direction or another, is necessary to collapse the existing society, a rule over the new one. Some of us have lived long enough and have experienced this, whether it's on social media or old-time media, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Now, utopianism also finds a receptive audience among the society's disenchanted, disaffected, dissatisfied, and maladjusted, who are unwilling or unable to assume responsibility for their own real or perceived conditions, but instead blame their surroundings, the system, and others. Like we, conservatives. They are lured by the false hopes and promises of utopian transformation and the criticisms of the existing society to which their connection is tentative or non-existent. Improving the malcontent's lot becomes linked to the utopian cause. Moreover, disparaging and uh, diminishing the successful and accomplished becomes an essential tactic. No one should be better than anyone else, regardless of the merits or value of his contributions. So by exploiting human frailties, frustrations, jealousies, and inequities, a sense of meaning and self-worth is created in the malcontent's otherwise unhappy and directionless life. Simply put, equality and misery, that is, equality of result or conformity, is advanced as a just, fair, and virtuous undertaking. I repeat, equality and mystery, that is, equality of result or conformity, is advanced as a just, fair, and virtuous undertaking. They demand uniformity and conformity. It's not a matter of, hey, guys, you should talk to Shapiro. You should talk to this one. You should. They don't want to talk to anybody who doesn't agree with them. Oh, there's a handful. But there's a handful. Then we move on to rediscovering Americanism. And the tyranny of progressivism. And this is why I'm kind of shocked that people are surprised by this. Fundamentally, they do not understand progressivism. Progressivism is a form of tyranny. I talk about it all the time with a totalitarian mindset. Look at this. 
They're attacking me. Well, of course they're attacking you. And they've attacked me and they attack anybody else who dares to stand up and speak to liberty. True liberty. Now, throughout the discussion of progressivism, as I point out in Rediscovering Americanism, from Rousseau, Hegel, Marx to Crowley, Roosevelt, Wilson, Dewey, and Weil, the core themes have evolved around defining individual worth, salvation, and liberation through the lenses of the collective, scientifically managed by and through a centralized, unified government construct, often referred to or compared to a living organism or body said to represent the general will, general welfare, national interests, and working masses, that is the proletariat. You cannot have an individual exercising their free will or independent thought. They interfere with the perfection of the state. In his 1950, this is why books are important. This is why history is important. This is why philosophy is important. I don't understand why the actor did that. I understand it completely, and I bet most of you do too. That actor came under attack because he stepped out. That's why. It's about groupthink. It's about uniformity. It's about conformity. That's what progressivism is all about. They can talk about we the people all they want. What they really mean is the state. The state. In his 1958 inaugural lecture on the two concepts of liberty, negative and positive liberty, Isaiah Berlin, brilliant man, explained that studies about politics and philosophy and academia spring from and thrive on discord. Some may question this on the ground that even in a society of saintly anarchists, where no conflicts about ultimate purposes can take place, Political problems, for example, constitutional legislative issues, might still arise. But this objection rests on a mistake. Where ends are agreed, the only questions left are those of means. And these are not political, but technical. That is to say, capable of being settled by experts or machines, like arguments between engineers or doctors. That is why those who put their faith in some immense world-transforming phenomenon like the final triumph of reason or the proletarian revolution, must believe that all political and moral problems can thereby be turned into technological ones. And I think this is the mistake that some of our our colleagues are making when they talk about why won't they engage us in free and honest and open debate? Well, there's a few people who will, but they, the activists and their leaders, they have no intention of engaging. Their intention is defeating victory. That's the history of progressivism. It's not about debate and engagement. It's about the iron fist. That is the meaning of Engels' famous phrase, paraphrasing St. Simon, about replacing the government of persons by the administration of things. And the Marxist prophecies about the withering away of the state and the beginning of the true history of humanity— This outlook is called utopian by those for whom speculation about this condition of perfect social harmony is the play of idle fancy. Exactly. One more point. Notably, Berlin describes the mindset of minor progressives and their philosophical patrons, declaring that in exercising the positive freedom idea, 
to be all you want to be, which requires the government to be all it wants to be. He says the danger is that, quote, the real self may be conceived as something wider than the individual, as the term is normally understood, as a social whole of which the individual is an element or aspect, a tribe, a race, a church, a state, the great society, the living and the dead and the yet unborn. This, in other words, somebody defines individuality as imposing their personal, individual uh, outlook on life, their own mindset on the rest of society or the group that they're in. This entity is then identified as being the true self. You hear Obama do this all the time, which by imposing its collective or organic single will upon its recalcitrant members achieve its own and therefore their higher freedom. The perils of using organic metaphors, general will of the people, general welfare of the people, etc., to justify the the, uh, coercion of some men by others in order to raise them to a higher level of freedom have often been pointed out. But what gives such plausibility as it has to this kind of language is that we recognize that it is possible and at times justifiable to coerce men in the name of some goal, which they would if they were more enlightened themselves pursue. He's not saying doing it. He's saying this is the put down. This is the uh, the mastermind. Sure, I believe in individuality. If everybody does what I say, if everybody believes what I believe and if people who disagree with me are put down. That's why the actor came under attack for suggesting that his liberal followers dare to follow somebody else. We deal with it in talk radio every single day. We deal with it in social media on the Internet every single day. It's the mob of the left with a totalitarian mindset. Now, some people seek engagement. I don't. I seek to expose them and to roll them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Probably boring everybody to death, but let me let me just continue briefly. Rodney King said, "Why can't we all get along?" Is this is what we're reduced to? Why can't we all get along? This isn't a way for it. It's not a serious point. Lots of people don't get along. I don't know of any society where people always got along. That's not the issue. Why can't people get along? The issue is that people won't get along and some people will get along. The issue is retaining and strengthening the civil society. So people who disagree can disagree in a civil way. That doesn't mean they're going to be friendly. That doesn't mean they're going to debate in a friendly way. But it means you have a society in which you're not going to be killed for your beliefs, tortured for your beliefs, imprisoned for your beliefs. There can be robust, aggressive debate. It's not about why we can't get all get along, and as long and the and, and one of the great 
dangers the civil society faces is from the status progressive movement. Because they do not believe in a civil society. They believe in the fundamental transformation of the society. Marx wrote about it. He even believed in the violent fundamental transformation of society. And uh, others have written about the, the slow but steady fundamental transformation of society. Whether it's an aggressive form or a slower form, a camouflaged form, that's what we're living through. These are simply... Examples, little tiny examples of what's taking place throughout our culture, throughout our society, throughout our country. We are on defense. And I do not think it advances the argument or strengthens the civil society to apply some sort of moral equivalency to progressivism and, and constitutionalism or conservatism or liberty. When one is a force for bleakness and the other is the force of enlightenment. Now, I know that this isn't the the way forward in some circles, but it's the only way forward. There is no other way. It's based on thousands of years of, of knowledge. Progressivism is just the recent progeny of this this form of tyranny. Hope I helped. We'll be right back. The one man antidote for liberal media bias, Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Some conservatives seem to think that the way forward with dialogue is to keep ceding ground and conceding principles. Or joining in in the mob mentality against the sitting president just to show that, you know, you're very thoughtful and so forth. See, I don't see the grave danger to this nation as being Donald Trump. I see the great danger to this nation as being those who embrace an, an abstraction, which is status progressivism. And will and try to control the levers of government to impose their will on me, my children, and my grandchildren, my entire family, and yours, who reject virtually every aspect of liberty. When it comes to a constitutional system, they wreck it. When it comes to capitalism, they wreck it. When it comes to faith, they attack it. When it comes to our founding a document, the Declaration of Independence. They reject it. See, to me, this is the grave danger, not Donald Trump's press conference. You need context. You need to look at the horizon. You need clarity, which too often I see so-called conservatives embracing opportunism and celebrity. And so, no, I, uh, I fully understand what took place with this actor. It takes place every day. It's been taking place for a century. For a century. It's not new. It's just on another format. It's been taking place in talk radio with boycotts and personal attacks on radio hosts. As they try and uh, sweep individuals because of their viewpoints... 
uh, out of uh, out of the public square and destroy their careers. Is there something new taking place? No, this is what they do. Whether they're status progressives, whether they're democratic socialists, whether they're Marxists or Leninists or Maoists, this is what they do. And so it's totally understandable. It's repulsive, but it's totally understandable. We want to engage with this? No, not really. But there are people out there, don't you see, Mark, who are getting turned off by this? Good. They should be turned off by this. And there's people out there who we can reach. Good. We try to reach them. We make these arguments each and every day. But can't we all get along? No, we can't get all get along. And we're not going to all get along. And that's why the civil society is so precious. And yet they attack it. With Black Lives Matter, they attack it. With Antifa, they attack it. With the election of a leftist like Barack Obama talking about fundamental transformation. They attack it by calling a sitting president of the United States Hitler. They attack it by calling tens of millions of people deplorables. Or even worse. Believe in the civil society. They don't believe in this society at all. That's their ideology. Look, Mark, uh, this actor, you know. They attacked him. Then he had to withdraw his tweet and blah, blah, blah. And we're supposed to be stunned and shocked. This is headline news. Many of you already know this. You're already there. You got it. We get it. We understand. That's why we're conservatives. That's why we were activists in the Tea Party. That's why we were involved in the Reagan Revolution. That's why we fight these fights as true activists. We get it. We understand the threat to this society. We understand the indoctrination in our public schools and colleges and universities. We've understood that for decades. Brilliant men and women have written books about it. It's been going on for a long time. For a long time. The 1960s. Now that was a fun time, wasn't it? What was going on in our colleges and universities? Anyway. So I say I wasn't going to begin with this, but people seem astonished that some liberal actor who's encouraging his liberal followers, I guess we call them, to follow a conservative is under attack. It's even worse than this. It's worse than this. It's worse than boycotts. I, do I ever talk about that? And I really shouldn't. I don't think I'm supposed to. I get death threats here. You know, you hear Maxine Waters talk about it, and I think to myself, you have no idea. None. None. For what? Expressing my opinion? I understand. It's not the same as the actor. I'd say it's a little worse. And so my family and I have to be careful. Oh, yes, they're serious, too. Two of them right now under investigation. Uh, Yes, you see, uh, can't we all get along? Apparently not. But there's some people can reach out to Mark. I don't have a problem with reaching out to some people. But so what? The fact of the matter is, there are a number of people out there 
who've embraced this religion of statist progressivism. They're leaders who know exactly what they're doing. They must crush us. They must destroy constitutional governance. That's their belief system. That's what their philosopher kings say. That's what their, their past intellectuals have written. I've written about it. I've pointed to it. It's out there. They've written books. They've written articles. They have magazines. We need to get around this by engaging. No, we need to get around this by strengthening civil institutions in this society. That's what we need to do. And we do that through the Constitution. And we do that through other means. Families. Religious institutions. Civic institutions and so forth. But whining about it isn't going to fix it. One little example with an actor. It's not the end all and be all. But it is a teachable moment, isn't it? Which is what I'm trying to do. J.D., Atlanta, Georgia, the great W-Y-A-Y. Go. Hey, Mark, I want to thank you for everything, especially everything you just said. You've got to continue to teach us about Karl Marx and Hegel. And I I just, uh, Hillsdale College is what we have to support. How about giving out the address for Hillsdale College? Go to levinforhillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to send you a copy of Rediscovering Americanism and the Tyranny of Progressivism. I'm going to send it to every conservative out there, every conservative at National Review, every conservative at the Weekly Standard, every conservative at the Wall Street Journal, every conservative at Fox, every conservative on Capitol Hill, because apparently some of them, but not most of them, have no idea what's going on. Thank you for your call, my friend. They just don't. Jim, St. Louis, Missouri, Sirius Satellite. How are you, sir? Thank you, Mr. Levin, for taking my call. Your opening monologue pertaining to the radicalism of the left, and it has been going on for, you you stated the obvious with the communists and so on and so forth when you were speaking of it. And the whole premise of my statement is this. They act all the time when they gather. You can tell just the radicalism, the violence, and it's their way or no way, okay? When they gather, it's it's self, just they proclaim who they are. They show who they are. With conservatism, I really truly believe this. We watch, we observe, and we take an approach that is a lot more common sense based on ideology such as a religious belief, life, the Constitution, and the right to bear arms and gather in a public place without mm-hmm. ripping it apart. You've seen it, and I've seen it in St. Louis, the, the start of Black Lives Matter in this nation, it was a disgrace what they did on a false premise. And that's what... But let's, 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 tell you, let's, let's move it in another direction. You have conservatives and pseudo-conservatives, I'll just give you an example, attacking Sean Hannity because they despise Trump and they see Hannity as a surrogate for Trump. Do they attack Rachel Maddow? No. They want to have a conversation with Rachel Maddow. Do they attack Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski? No, they want to have a conversation with Scarborough and Brzezinski. No. You see, but our side attacks our side. 
you don't have to agree with everything Sean Hannity says or Mark Levin says or anybody else for that matter. But he's attacked. He's attacked by the left and by some on the right because they hate Trump. But they don't attack Maddow. They don't attack Scarborough. They don't attack Brzezinski. That's my, you understand my point? I understand it wholeheartedly, sir. And the reason is, is this, okay? They, individuals on the right that feel they have a reason to attack somebody like Sean Hannity, such as yourself, Rush Limbaugh, and individuals such as your elk, okay? They come at you with misinformed information or they're covering their own back due to the fact that or, a rhino. Or, and I think this is the most... Uh, actually, uh, actually, the right answer. They want to get in with the in crowd. They want to position themselves. They want to be liked by the very left-wing media they condemn every day. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely, and not based on their principles, because they'll turn to wherever the dollar's at, and they will act like they care, and it's despicable. It's quite the honor speaking to you, Mr. Levin, God bless you, and God bless America. It's Thank you, honor. Jim. And I, it's my honor, too, and my pleasure. It's my honor to be here behind this microphone and to talk to you and have some of you uh, call into the program. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, I, and I believe most of you, I don't need my beliefs, my career, my very existence, confirmed by the status progressives, by their media, or by anybody else. I take this very, very seriously. The battle between liberty and tyranny. This isn't a game to me. And I don't think it is to most of you. This has real-world consequences. And many of us see big pieces of our society falling through our hands. So uh, we take it very seriously, and we think about it seriously, and we talk about it seriously. This isn't about uh, the Rodney King moment. You get along with people, that's great. I've got plenty of liberals I get along with. I mean, in college, I got along very well with a number of socialists and so forth. It's not even the point. The point is, their policies lead to tyranny. Our policies lead to liberty. It's a big difference. Sometimes there's good and evil. Slavery, bad. Abolition, good. Segregation, bad. Integration, good. These aren't things in some, con- in some respects, depending on the issue, that are open for discussion. Constitution, good. Fundamental transformation, bad. Natural law, unalienable rights, good. Progressivism, bad. Well, can't we reach across the aisle and work it out? How can you work something out when somebody wants to burn your house down? My view is we want to convince more and more people who aren't dug in, who aren't entrenched, of the wisdom of liberty, the enlightenment, reformation, and to reject tyranny and autocracy. 
That's what I believe we should be spending our time on. You know, I'm sure you've been watching uh, the fiasco, you know, whether it's immigration or whatever it is, over the past few weeks, uh, the uh, the accusations of Japanese internment camps and uh, Nazi concentration camps. You talk about the psychopaths in the media, boy. And if you're watching this uh, media coverage, you'd think President Trump is sending out henchmen to kidnap illegal alien children. The liberals hate Trump so much that they're willing to bypass the truth completely in favor of their narrative. They can't let it go. Fortunately, on CRTV, we're bringing some sanity to these stories, to these to these issues. Now, we're not going to take out the pom-poms and dance across the stage and, and do the Rockettes thing like so many people do. When we feel we need to criticize the president or anybody, we will. But we're not out to destroy him and we're not out to sabotage him. Now, that's a fact. And we will stand with and for the president when he's doing conservative things. Now, we've mentioned this recently on our show. But right now, for a limited time, we're going to be offering all of our listeners, all, a free 30-day trial of CRTV, which includes Levin TV. And now, you can't afford to uh, be naive these times, like we've been talking about. And where else are you going to turn for honest coverage? There's no other place you'll get the truth unfiltered and uncensored for all of our hosts. So give us a call at 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV, and we'll get you set up in less than five minutes, ready to watch what is really fascinating TV. My show, Levin TV, is one of 20 shows. There's excellent programming. So give us a call, 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV, or, if you like numbers, 844-538-4688, and we'll get you started. You've heard me talk about it for over two years. This CRTV is growing very, very big. People said, when it was hatched in my living room, that we wouldn't be able to do this. Well, we're doing it, and we're entering soon year three. I've done 480 episodes, 480 episodes. It's amazing, really, when you think about it. So I hope you'll join us, 844-LEVIN-TV. All right, let's take another call. Dave, Provo, Utah, on the Mark Levin app. Go. How are you doing, Mark? Okay, sir. Oh, I, I love talking to you. I, I, I really appreciate the chance to. You bet. Um, I listen to you all the time. Um, Thank you. What you're talking about right now is so spot on. Um, I was listening to uh, Sean Hannity today, and he had on uh, Judge Janine, who went on uh, The View. She went on The View. Let me just tell the audience. You can see it online, how she was trashed. She was cut off. She was outnumbered. And uh, Whoopi Goldberg, I'll tell you what, she's a disgrace. Anyway, go right ahead. Yeah, it, it from what I heard it was it was unbelievable. But um I I'm a um I work with a whole bunch of uh people that have immigrated from uh Germany, the Ukraine, Croatia, Vietnam, a right. whole bunch of places. And uh there's one um guy in particular uh We're going to run out of time, so go for it, baby. I'm sorry. They're actually pretty uh frightened and sad. Hearing the whole Crystal Knock uh, comparison and all that 
kind of stuff. He is just, he was uh, in tears. Uh, yeah, because we're... it is it is absolutely insane what these people are saying. Absolutely insane. And uh, their hatred for this president uh, apparently has no bounds. Thank you for your call, my friend. I appreciate it, Dave. Now, we're going to change course in the next hour and talk about John Brennan. Who is John Brennan, really? Former CIA director. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. The Russians interfered with our election. And they want Trump to say they did, and he keeps saying they did. But they did. And the issue isn't Trump says it. The issue is they did, and Obama did nothing about it. And neither did John Brennan, the head of the CIA. Who is John Brennan? John Brennan's been making a lot of noise. He's probably the most contemptible of the Trump critics coming out of the Obama administration. A former CIA director. Isn't that weird? Now, I want to play a few clips. I want you to stick with me. Because I believe this is a very, very important hour. Of John Brennan. Going back many, many, many months, really from the beginning, and just relentlessly attacking Donald Trump, the former CIA director, under whose authority it was to fight the Russians interfering with our election. There's been more reporting day in, day out, day in, day out. Trump won't say it. Trump won't say it. Of course, there's a montage out there that shows he says it over and over and over again. But put that aside. What the hell did they do about it in the prior administration? Nothing, nothing. I see nothing. And that would include Brennan, the director of the CIA. Please, I'm going to walk through this step by step. I can't get everything said and done in 45 seconds. Some people can. I can't. We take our time and we walk through things. Here's John Brennan on MSNBC today. Cut one, go. But soon after his election, he started to denigrate the intelligence and law enforcement uh, profession, as well as professionals, as well as their work. And then over the past year and a half, I think he has demonstrated time and time again that he lies to the American people and that he is not fulfilling the responsibilities of the office of the presidency in terms of keeping this country strong and safe. Hmm. Tuesday, MSNBC, John Brennan, cut to go. Well, good on Dan Coates to stand up for the women and men of the intelligence community. Um, and those who are going to be silent in this administration are complicit. Uh, and so they need to be able to speak out very strongly. But what Mr. Trump did yesterday was to betray the women and men of the FBI, the CIA, NSA, and others, and to betray the American public. And that's why I use the term that this is nothing short of treasonous, because it is a betrayal of the nation. He is giving aid and comfort to the enemy, and it needs to stop. And Mr. Trump needs to understand that there are going to be consequences for him, too. And I do hope that those who voted for Mr. Trump, in good conscience, are going to see that he is leading us down a very dangerous path. 
Wow. Now, June 28th, John Brennan on MSNBC. Cut three, go. You've called him a danger to national security. In your view, is this president a danger to democracy? Uh, well, I think he is in terms of some of the things that he has done and said. Uh, strong words. Well, they are strong words. But I think you look at Mr. Trump and what he does in these various rallies. He is increasing divisiveness in this country. He is one of the, the principal reasons why we have such a polarized electorate out there and populace. Interesting. Where am I, Mr. Producer? I'm on number number cut four. Go. And for the president at this point to say it's unconstitutional, I think it just shows how worried he is, mm. how fearful he is about what the special counsel is uncovering. And his tweets are not the tweets of an innocent individual. So I think it really demonstrates just how desperate he is getting, grasping at straws, and Rudy Giuliani as well. And neither Rudy nor his boss uh, feel encumbered by facts, uh, truth, or common sense. And so I think that's why they're throwing these things out now, to try to get whatever traction uh, among their base uh, as possible. That was June 4th. Six weeks ago. John Brennan on MSNBC, June 1st. Cut five, go. We are very, very concerned that what we're seeing here uh, is something that uh, we have seen in other countries around the globe, which really led to the, uh, the degradation of democratic principles, as well as the, uh, the, the standards of governance. Uh, that should not be happening here. This is the United States of America. Donald Trump has not lived up to those minimum standards. More. Pretty pretty shocking, isn't it? John Brennan, May 10th, 2018. Cut six, go. This is a very large and painful national kidney stone. (laughs) The relief we feel afterward is going to be just (laughs) exhilarating. John Brennan, March 21, 2018. MSNBC. Cut seven, go. He is uh, mean-spirited. Um, he is dishonest. He has shown a lack of integrity. And uh, he has uh, continued to, I think, to mean the office of the presidency. And so I've decided to uh, put my silence aside and to speak up and speak out uh, because I do think our future is in jeopardy um, while Mr. Trump uh, continues uh, his uh, antics. Who is this man, John Brennan? Have you ever heard a former CIA director talk like this? As often as this? What is he doing? Why is he doing it? There's a piece in the American Spectator back in March by our friend Professor Paul Kengor, who I had on here the other day. Let's start putting the pieces together about John Brennan. The question has been asked, and this is me, not Kengor about the President of the United States, if the Russians have something on him. Should the question not be asked if Mr. Brennan is operating on behalf of the Russians? Well, that's just as plausible, isn't it? Just as plausible. That is, do the Russians have something on Mr. Brennan? Is he the Manchurian Former CIA director. Just pretend I'm a host at MSNBC. But let me read this to you from Professor Kengor. Obama CIA director John Brennan recently uncorked an epic 
Twitter rant. Enraged by President Trump's words aimed at FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe, who, by the way, is now under criminal investigation, Brennan steamed at the president, quote, when the full extent of your venality, moral turpitude, and political corruption becomes known, you will take your rightful place as a disgraced demagogue in the dustbin of history. You may scapegoat Andy McCabe, but you will not destroy America. America will triumph over you. Now, more than one faithful reader of this fine publication, The American Spectator, emailed Professor Kengor about the irony of such words coming from a man who wanted Gus Hall, the longtime boss of the Communist Party USA, to be president of the United States. For those too young to remember, Gus Hall was the longtime hack and head of Communist Party USA, or CPUSA, beginning in 1959 until his death in 2000. Not even Joe Stalin as a party general secretary came close to matching Gus Hall's interminable tenure. Gus Hall was unwaveringly dedicated to a global communist revolution and a truly evil empire that was ultimately and blessedly consigned to the dustbin of history. Brennan's loaded words echoed a phrase that Bolshevism made infamous. From the delightful Leon Trotsky to the charming Yuri Andropov, the exhortation evidently remains etched in John Brennan's comradely memory. Go the place where you belong from now on, Trotsky thundered at the Mensheviks in 1917, the dustbin of history. So you see, the former CIA director John Brennan channeled Trotsky in the service of attacking Trump. Of course, that's precisely, precisely the point. The same Mr. John Brennan had supported Mr. Gus Hall for President of the United States back in the Brezhnev era. uh, Brennan literally cast a vote for the Kremlin's man in Washington. Needless to say, the Kremlin in those days was a rather bad place that housed some nasty guys. Leonid Brezhnev's KGB chief was Yuri Andropov. About the time that Brennan was registering a ballot for Moscow's man in America, Gus Hall, to become America's next president. Brezhnev and Andropov were giving the green light to one of the most shocking crimes of the deadly 20th century, the assassination of Pope John Paul II. It was Andropov who gave the go-ahead to the Soviet GRU to hire Muslim Turk Mehmet Ali Akak to murder the head of the world's largest Christian church and inheritor of the chair of St. Peter. That thought, to have raised a red flag to John Brennan, who, among other things, had been raised an Irish Catholic. His lurch to the far left occurred during his college years at the Jesuit-run Fordham University in New York. In fact, if one studies Brennan's admission that he voted for Gus Hall, it looks like he also suggested that he might have actually been a member of the Communist Party in 1980. Yes, a formal member. Are we allowed to say that? I don't know this to be true, Mr. Brennan. Again, I want Mr. Producer to ask Mr. Brennan to invite him onto the program. Would you do that? All right, let's do it again. Once upon a time in pre-Obama America, the possibility of a Communist Party USA membership would have been disqualifying, a disqualifying factor to run the CIA, but not to the president that Americans elected in 2008 and re-elected in 2012. To the contrary, 
Obama would have been highly sympathetic. It was likewise in 1980 at Occidental College, according to classmate John Drew, that the young Obama was an ideological Marxist, albeit not a formal CPUSA member. Only the most hardcore joined the party, including Obama's mentor, Frank Marshall Davis, whose underground codename for the party was the church. But alas, that's just the start of the irony in John Brennan's tweet about the corruption of Donald Trump. Observed that Brennan also blasted Trump for demagoguery, venality, moral turpitude. Well, that took some gall for a Gus guy. Gus Hall was all those things and worse. I couldn't begin to hear lay out the full spectrum and spectacle and disgrace to borrow another Brennan description. That was Gus Hall. But here's one particularly relevant item of interest. Oh, Gus was so corrupt that even the Russians couldn't trust him. An eyewitness to that reality was Morris Childs, a remarkable individual whose story was told by the late John Barron in his fascinating book, Operation Solo, the FBI's Man in the Kremlin. Childs was Gus's number two at the Communist Party USA, and all along, Childs was secretly working for the FBI. See, back then, informants were spying on the communists. Today, of course, they spy on the Trump campaign. The courageous Childs marvelously hoodwinked Hall and his Moscow cronies. The Soviets loved Childs like a brother, bestowing on him their celebrated Soviet Order of the Red Banner, a hilarious accomplishment for an undercover FBI agent. What Childs learned from the Soviets was significant. But as to the point of Gus Hall's corruption, consider this. The Soviet Union was secretly bankrolling the Communist Party USA, including annual subsidies to the Daily Worker, their newspaper. It was illegal for CPUSA and Gus Hall to receive this money. Our government knew this was happening, but it kept the information quiet to protect Childs so he could continue providing crucial inside intelligence. Mark, what's this have to do with Gus Hall? I'm not done. Mark, what's this have to do with John Brennan? I'm not done. Morris Childs and his brother Jack, also working for our side, were conduits for the funding. The Kremlin gave CPUSA tens of millions of dollars. The total rose to $2.775 million by 1980. Now, the FBI knew the precise amount because it counted every dime at a halfway house prior to when Morris deposited in a safe for Gus Hall. To repeat, Hall and the Communist Party USA were doing all of this illegally. They were a directly subsidized arm of America's chief adversary, of a, bar- a barbaric regime. That's not the end of it. Of that is Gus Hall's corruption. As for the safe in which Moscow's money was placed for the Communist Party, Gus always pocketed a portion for his personal stash. Childs knew this, and the FBI knew it. He wasn't trustworthy. Then again, why would anyone trust a communist general secretary? Come to think of it, why would anyone vote for a communist general secretary? to be their president of the United States, which bring us back to John Brennan. One might lend more credibility to Brennan's crowning, excuse me, crowing about Donald Trump if he had better judgment about presidents of the United States. There's lots of details about Gus Hall, but too many for a short article like this. But here's, here's one more. On vacationing in North Korea, Hall said, the world should see what North Korea has done. In some ways, it's a miracle. If you want to take a nice vacation, take it in North Korea. On the party's position on the Hitler-Stalin of 1939 pact, Stalin's purge trials, 
1956 invasion of Hungary, he said, I never believed that we should dwell too much on the past. I've been much more interested in the future. What aboutism? What aboutism? On socialism's inevitability in America, he said, there's no question that the United States will become a socialist country. It's an inevitability. Is the sun rising tomorrow? Well, John Brennan took part in these elections. He cast a vote for the cause. John Brennan. But luckily, Ronald Reagan won. 1980 and 84. Because the rest of us got the vote, too. John Brennan. Votes for Gus Hall. Weasels his way into the CIA. Is worried about a lie detector test that might reveal that he voted for Gus Hall. So he confesses to it. Still hired. Works his way up through the civil service. Becomes known to Barack Obama, who appoints him the head of the CIA. If we're to ask over and over and over again, if the Russians have anything on Donald Trump, is it not fair to ask if John Brennan, John Brennan, he's working for them, or was he working for us? I'm not making an accusation. I'm just pretending to be an MSNBC host. I'll be right back. Lovin. So the Democrats, they see Russians everywhere. When I was condemning Vladimir Putin, they were not. As a young man, when I was condemning Brezhnev, they were not. When Reagan stood up to the communists, they attacked him. They undermined him. They demeaned him. They sought to defeat him. When it came to the Strategic Defense Initiative, the purpose of which was mostly to protect us from Russian nuclear missiles, the Democrats sought to stop the funding, as they do today. And now all of a sudden, they're Joe McCarthy, looking for Russians everywhere in the Trump administration. And yet, why aren't they looking at John Brennan? John Brennan, who pushed the dossier. John Brennan and his past. John Brennan and the really outrageous things he's saying. If you're Vladimir Putin, who's your favorite public figure in America? It's not Donald Trump. Donald Trump has actually taken actions against Russia and Putin. It's John Brennan. Because John Brennan is seeking to weaken the American commander-in-chief. John Brennan is using propaganda and the worst kind of slander and character assassination and smears to weaken the President of the United States. To me, it's John Brennan who should be raising eyebrows. I'll be right back. Show live and national at 877-381-3811. Live and national, baby. That's what we are. Hillsdale College. It's been a while since I've spoken about Imprimus, the nation's largest publication of conservative thought. 
Published by Hillsdale College, and Primus is always outstanding, and it's always free. But I really want you to read this month's edition. It features our great vice president, Mike Pence, and his message to Hillsdale's graduating class. It's a message that will teach you, challenge you, inspire you. You really need to read it. 3.8 million Americans receive in Primus for free every month. And those folks share their issues on average with two other people. Now that means 11 million Americans will read this important speech by our terrific vice president. And you should be one of them. His words will help ground you in, as he said, the teachings and traditions that are greatest inheritance as Americans, the same teachings and traditions that are the surest foundation of a boundless American future. Every month in Primus equips you to defend and promote the principles of liberty, of civil and religious freedom, and our American heritage. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. And get your free subscription, starting with this inspiring speech by Vice President Pence. And by the way, if you go there, you're going to see all kinds of good, important, cool, substantive stuff. LevinforHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Who is John Brennan? Why is he out there so aggressively trying to tear down the commander-in-chief? Why did Barack Obama pick him, of all people, to be director of the CIA? How does somebody who openly, knowingly, notoriously voted for Gus Hall with ties to the Soviet Union and the Stalinists, how did uh, he get to be CIA director? Was he under the radar? Apparently, John McCain voted for him. Lindsey Graham voted for him. Marco Rubio voted for him. Sixteen Republicans in all in the Senate. Almost every Democrat but three. John Brennan likes to make allegations left and right. But he, more than anyone else, consistently, routinely, almost daily, makes the most outrageous and vicious attacks on the president that are intended to force him from office intended to diminish his popularity, intended to cripple him. John Brennan, in my view, must be the most popular person in the Kremlin. John Brennan, in my view, must be the guy the Kremlin appreciates the most. You have an ex-CIA director who voted for Gus Hall, who was funded by the communists in the Soviet Union. On MSNBC, on NBC, smearing the President of the United States. And the, the cleverness of this is the disinformation side. Here you have somebody who voted for a communist for President of the United States, trashing the President of the United States for, quote-unquote, selling out to Russia. See how precious it is? You see how sweet it is? Now, I know the media will call me a conspiracy nut and so forth and so on. They're the conspiracy nuts. I'm just pointing something out. And we're going to attempt for a second or third time to get Mr. Brennan on the program to have a discussion with him. You know, can we all just get along? Uh, Let us go to 
Tom, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Sirius Satellite, go. Yes, Mark, if Hillary had won, I believe, in addition to the uh, devastation economically and the illegal immigrants flooding our new open borders country, a police state would have evolved. And I think Brennan would have been leading it because he would have coordinated to have the, he probably would have maintained his spot in the CIA, but he would coordinate the FBI, DOJ, NSA, and the IRS to have just as vicious a person, for example, as Peter Strzok heading all of those institutions. In addition to that... Notice, let's slow down a little bit before we get too carried away here. Notice how he came to the defense immediately of Jim Comey. Notice how he came to the defense immediately of McCabe, even when the IG was critical of McCabe. Notice how he came to the defense immediately of Strzok. Notice how he's never really had an answer for his meeting with Harry Reid in which he was pushing the dossier, which in part contained information unverified from the Kremlin. He's got his hand. He's got his hands in a lot of these pots, doesn't he? Well, he has a, the profile of the person, as Joe DeGeneva has stated, who sent Comey in to uh, inform President Trump of the dossier. And when somebody takes leadership like that to do something that dirty, he's the leader of it all. And I also believe. I, uh, let me let me just say, and I've been saying this, and I believe it. I believe he is the leader of the pack. He is the leader of the pack, and there would have been a new national police chief um, appointment. All right. Thank you, sir. You made the point that you believe there'd be a police state. I got it. I got it. Let us go to Alex, Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. You know, can we just stop the charade that this is that they have an ideology that they believe in? This is all just a con game. They're just they're just the leaders of the con. They're they're This is all just, you know, they use the propaganda to get all the people to support them and believe in them. They're just, no, they're sir, it's in. more than that. It's not just a con game. Their ideology is a con game. Uh, but if you don't understand who they are and what they're doing, then they will defeat us. It's not a con game per se. A con game is somebody rips you off here and there, and that's the end of it. It, down, it downplays or dumbs down what's going on. This is, in fact, an ideology. It is a poison. It's being pushed in our school systems, in our universities and colleges. It's being pushed in Hollywood through our movies and, and television programming. It's being pushed through the media. It's being pushed through Congress. And if people do not understand that, they're not going to take it seriously. But, oh, a con game. Okay, three-card money. All right, what's for dinner? I think they're just trying to— Thanks do- for your call. Nothing I said, Bridget. It doesn't, doesn't matter. So what's the point? Juan, Portland, Oregon, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Juan? How you doing, sir? Uh, first time caller. Thank you. I listen to you when I can, and I think you are the greatest uh, radio talk show. And that's my, my opinion. Wow. I'm, well, I appreciate that. I'm from Cuba, and um, I lived 22 years on the uh, communist uh, regime, Castro brothers. And, um, <laughs> and I came to this country in 1980, like I said. Uh, chasing right. the freedom that we 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 have in this great nation, yes. Sir. And when I see the the face of these Democrat uh, that they call themselves Democrats, and uh, Maxim Waters or Casio, the newcomer in New York, Schumer, right. Pelosi, and all of them, it's a bunch of them. You uh, you think you've seen this before, huh? No, this is this is the, they 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 camouflage. I think that they had to take the three-piece suit, leave it at the house, 
mm-hmm. and put uh, a, a green uniform like Castro used to use and and allow to grow beard and long hair like uh, like Castro when he came from uh, from the Sierra Maestra. I'm not sure Maxine Waters can grow a beard actually, but anyway, oh. go ahead. <laughs> Well, that chicken buy a wheel, or chicken buy a postista uh, beer or whatever. What I'm saying is that the Americans taking this country for granted. I'm very excited here talking to you, sir. Yes, well, uh, thank you. Because I'm very concerned about the the new generations to come. I'm 61 years old, and I worry about the kids of my kids. And and w- w- what I'm seeing is. Uh, New generation that they fell for the free, free college, free medical, free stuff. Mm-hmm. And little by little, they they getting on the head of of, of the new generation, and uh, they will get it on on position of power. That's the sh- that's the surest way to a police state, isn't it, sir? And, and, and it will be if you will remember in Venezuela, uh, Chavez took over. People elect him, mm-hmm. and when they elect him, they they took over the institutions. Yes, they took they took over the assembly. They took over everything, and and in, in, in no time, in front of you, you got a police state. You got a yes. A, a, That's a, why a people need to understand it's an ideology, which is a con game, but it's not just a con game. No, and it's a done deal. Yes. And, and well, listen, Juan. I I want to thank you, my friend, and I hope you'll call again. I hope people are listening to you. Because you're right. I think uh, there's too many people in this country who may not get it. Maria, Boston, Massachusetts, XM Satellite. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, you're welcome. My my question is is a little bit off from what you were talking about, but thank you so much for the the history lesson on on Brennan. It, it just uh, I understand now why he was with Obama and why they worked so well. Um, and I think that if more people knew the the history of some of these people, they'd understand what was going on. And it's it's not a good thing. And it, it's just it's so hard to fight with people every day over the same. Well, here, here we have Brennan, who voted for a man for president of the United States who was known to be a communist, who was subsidized uh, by the Soviets and then the Russians, uh, and he'd been around for decades. And um, attacking President Trump for some imagined association with the Russians. And attacking him brutally, viciously. And he gets away with it because the people at MSNBC, they hired him. They pay him. Uh, They don't question him. Uh, He was chosen by Obama for reasons we still don't know to be director of the uh, Central Intelligence Agency. You know, maybe I'm too old, but I remember when uh, if you had any associations with anybody in the Communist Party USA, let alone admitted voting for them, you couldn't work at the CIA. You couldn't work at the FBI. But apparently now that's uh, very cool. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. We'll be right back. Lovin. Let us go. Oh, wait a minute. AMAC. We love AMAC here. Now, would you pay your hard-earned money to join an organization that fought tooth and nail for a government-run healthcare system? 
How about an organization that scripted portions of the White House speeches behind closed doors to ensure the passage of the Affordable Care Act? Or an organization that stood against tax cuts for middle-class Americans and small business owners? Would you join an organization like that? Well, that's the AARP I just described for you. Join AMAC instead, the conservative alternative. AMAC offers an alternative to just about every benefit and discount that the AARP offers, but without the liberal agenda and their great discounts and benefits. Become an AMAC member right now at AMAC.us. Wouldn't you rather belong to an organization that, in my view, is patriotic, that fights for your beliefs and your principles? Yes, I think so. AMAC is the way to go. There is a ton of work to be done, and AMAC is asking that you help them fight the good fight by becoming a member today, plus get their wonderful benefits and discounts. They are great. The cause is even greater. So join right now. I am a member of AMAC. Go to amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. AMAC is better, better for you, and better for America. Let's take some calls. Greg, Brentwood, California, on 870 The Answer, the great KRLA. And by the way, we will have an announcement. I will be heading out there soon enough. Go ahead. Good to hear. Love to, love to see it. A uh, real quick point to make. I've been listening to you all the time, every day, Hannity. Nobody has brought up the fact, maybe you have and I missed it, that John Brennan spied on the United States Senate. Sir, sir, sir. You're right. You didn't listen last night. Plus, you should go to my social sites, Facebook and Twitter. Mark Levin show Facebook, Mark Levin show Twitter. Mr. Producer, didn't we post that? We posted it yesterday. Our friend Kerry Pickett brought it to our attention. You're correct. On Senate staffer computers and then threatened to charge them. Right? 100%. Yes. And in addition to that, just to reiterate... Obama sent MREs, meals ready to eat, to Ukraine, and Trump has sent military-grade weapons. He sent, uh, among other things, uh, uh, tank killers. He sent tank killers to the Ukraine. It's exactly right. I mean, uh, this whole thing is a farce. This whole debate is so preposterous. So like you say, not to take up too much of your time, it's really what did Putin have on Obama is really, and Brennan, and Comey, all of those guys who sat idly by that are bashing Trump now, which were in power under this whole... I think it's a legitimate question, given the questions that are being raised against Trump, which are preposterous. Thank you for your call, my friend. Let me repeat what we said yesterday. On Twitter, on July 31, 2014, at 1.25 p.m., Ron Wyden, a, the senior senator from Oregon, he's a ranking member of... Um, the Senate Intelligence Committee, or maybe it's the Foreign Affairs Committee. He's just rank. Let me put it that way. He's a big leftist. And here's what he posted. John Brennan's CIA broke into Senate computer files, then tried to have Senate staff prosecuted. Absolutely unacceptable in a democracy. May I repeat this? Because you won't hear this on the news station called MSNBC or the news network called NBC by the so-called news reporters who are paid and work for both. John Brennan's CIA, this is Ron Wyden, July 31, 2014, 
and it's a fact, broke into Senate computer files, then tried to have Senate staff prosecuted. Absolutely unacceptable in a democracy. How the hell does this sleazeball John Brennan get away with any of this stuff? You want to know why John Brennan won't come on my radio show? You want to know why John Brennan won't come on Levin TV? You know why John Brennan won't come on Fox with me? Because he's a coward. That's why. He's a coward. I'd love to grill him. With questions, of course. But he hides over there at MSNBC. A real rat's nest. He hides behind Joe Scarborough and that bulbous nose of his. He hides behind Rachel Maddow. No comment. Where is he? And where the hell are the conservative uh, journalists, opinion writers? Maybe when they're done trashing Trump, they'll take a look at Brennan. In my humble opinion. All right. Let's take another call. Yes, we can. Let us go to William, Texarkana, Arkansas, the great KWHN. Go. Mark, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, Thank you. I think you have hit the nail on the head with Brennan. I think, um, I mean, I really believe you, you're onto something there. And, uh, just asking what, questions, not making accusations, just asking questions. Would like the man to come on the show, give him equal time, but he won't. But we're going to try again. Well, look at Clapper. He's the same thing. And he spreads misinformation, lies, was caught lying to Congress. Clapper commits perjury, and, uh, and he's walking free. Exactly. Not only that, he's hired by, what is it, CNN or one of them? I've never seen anything like this. All right, William. By the way, there's a great senator at Arkansas, Tom Cotton, future president, my humble opinion. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. The Democrats keep trying to figure out what slogan to use to try and convince you to embrace them. Uh, They came up first with a slogan, a better deal. And everybody knew when Pelosi came up with that, that a better deal, that she's a schlemiel. Now, they came up with another title. They keep trying. For the people. For the people. So the Democrat Party's for the people. Is that why they call all the people who voted for Trump deplorables? Is that why they impose Obamacare on the people who don't want it? Is that why they have open borders to bring other people into this country who are not citizens? Some cases illegally. Lots of cases illegally. For the people. Is that why they've built this monstrosity of administrative state? to impose tens of thousands on regulations, laws, if you will, on the American people without going through our representatives for the people? Remember the first hour of this program where I talked about progressivism, 
and how it smothers real individualism, how it bastardized that term. Positive liberty, which is not positive in the least, basically means that you require government in order to be free. I'm not talking about civil rights. I'm talking about economically and so forth. It's a complete perversion of the notion of liberty. For the people, would this be the same Democrat Party that seeks to rule us through the Supreme Court and the other courts? For the people. What people? Which people? Is this the same Democrat Party who seeks to balkanize us in this country? The same Democrat Party that places us into artificial groups based on race, religion, looks, if you will. Based on what we earn for the people. Like the People's Republic of China, maybe? You notice how the hardcore left always perverts two words? People and reform? We're for reform, healthcare reform, more government. Now, the right slogan for the Democrat Party would be for the government. Everything they propose involves an expansion of government, not liberty. What exactly does the Democrat Party propose in terms of expanding individual liberty? For the people, for the government. Not for the people in any respect, as far as I'm concerned. All right. But I thought that's important. Bernie Sanders. His chief strategist is named in a new cache of Mueller evidence. And we all love Mueller, don't we? So whatever Mueller does and says is, well, it's, it's the Bible. So yesterday, as reported in PJ Media, special counsel Robert Mueller fought a large cache of evidence against former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort. And by the way, he's in front of a rotten judge in Washington, D.C., a leftist appointed by Obama. He's not going to get a break, Manafort. And the prosecutors must be laughing. Every time they walk into that courtroom, they get everything they want. And a former chief strategist for Senator Bernie Sanders was all over it. Tad Devine, the tadster, Sanders' chief strategist appears from Exhibit 5 onward. Mueller (laughs) listed a memo from 2006 involving Manafort, Devine, and former Ukrainian President Viktor Vanakukov, Russian President of Vladimir Putin's puppet in Ukraine. May I ask a question? Why hasn't this case been handed to the U.S. Attorney in Washington, D.C.? And the other case handed to the U.S. Attorney in the Eastern District of Virginia. Why is the special counsel, why is he involved in a matter involving 2006? I'm quite serious about this. Rod Rosenstein sitting there, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. it shouldn't be partisan, it ought to be bipartisan, you know, and uh, anyway, uh, Mueller's evidence lists email after email between Sanders guy Devine and Manafort, connecting them both to Kassenstein Kilmienka, a Putin-connected operative whom Manafort described as my Russian brain. I guess he could have described uh, John Brennan as his Russian brain. Devine's name appears a total of 21 times in the list of nearly 500 pieces of evidence against Manafort. My goodness. Before joining the Bernie Sanders team, 
Devine served as senior advisor to Al Gore in 2000 and then John Kerry in 2004. He worked on campaigns for president and prime ministers in Europe, Latin America, and the Middle East, as well as 17 winning U.S. Senate races. He worked for Yankakov's 2010 presidential campaign in the Ukraine. He now leads Devine Mulvey Longbaugh, a media consulting firm in Washington, D.C. This evidence could cause a tremendous headache for Bernie Sanders, who seems to be weighing a 2020 presidential bid. How old will he be then, 112? Something like that. What did Sanders know and when about his man divine? Was the socialist candidate aware that his chief strategist ties, had ties to Russia? Was there collusion? Not between Trump's campaign and Russia, but between Bernie's campaign and Putin. What do you think? So much out there, so little time to hit it all, isn't it? I think it is. I think that's pretty incredible. Now we have more. More. Our man John Solomon, a real reporter on the Hill newspaper. Lisa Page, Peter Stroke. First of all, I'm sick of these two morons. The reported FBI lovebirds are the poster children for the next Don't Text and Investigate public service ads airing soon at an FBI office near you. Their extraordinary texting affair on their government phones has given the FBI a black eye, laying bare a raw political bias brought into the workplace that agents are supposed to check at the door when they strap on their guns and badges. It's no longer in dispute that they held animus for Donald Trump, who was a subject of their Russia probe, or that they openly discuss using the powers of their office to stop Trump from becoming president. The only question is whether any official acts they took and the Russia collusion probe were driven by those sentiments. The Justice Department's Inspector General is endeavoring to answer that question. For any American who wants an answer sooner, there are just five words among the thousands of suggestive texts that Page and Stroke exchanged that you should need. The passage was transmitted on May 19, 2017. By my calculations, that's a little over a year ago. You want to hear what they said? Quote, there's no big there there. Wait a minute. Stroke texted that the page. Yes, he did. Quote, there's no big there there. Now, the date of the text long has intrigued investigators. It is two days after Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein named special counsel Robert Mueller to oversee an investigation into alleged collusion between Trump and the Russian campaign. Since the text was turned over to Congress, investigators wonder whether it referred to the evidence against the Trump campaign. This month, they finally got the chance to ask. Strzok declined to say. But Page, during a closed-door interview with lawmakers, confirmed in the most pained and contorted way that the message, in fact, referred to the quality of the Russia case. According to multiple eyewitnesses, there's no there there. The admission is deeply consequential. It means Rosenstein unleashed the most awesome powers of a special counsel to investigate an allegation that the key FBI officials driving the investigation for 10 months beforehand did not think was there. But don't worry, Trey Gowdy will defend Mueller. Trey Gowdy's a fraud and a freak, a freak and a fraud. Now, by the time of the text and Mueller's appointment, 
The FBI's best counterintelligence agents had had plenty of time to dig. They knowingly used the dossier funded by Hillary's campaign, which contained uncorroborated allegations, to persuade the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, FISA court, to issue a warrant to monitor Trump campaign advisor Carter Page. They sat on Carter Page's phones and emails for nearly six months without getting evidence that would warrant prosecuting him. The evidence they had gathered was deemed so weak that their boss, then FBI Director James Comey, was forced to admit to Congress, after being fired by Trump, that the core allegation remained substantially uncorroborated. In other words, they had a big nothing burger, and based on the empty calorie dish, Rosenstein authorized the buffet menu of a special prosecutor that has cost America millions of dollars and months of political strife. But don't worry. Trey Gowdy says Mueller's doing a fantastic job. Now, the work product stroke created to justify the collusion probe now has been shown to be inferior. A Clinton-hired contractor produced multiple documents accusing Trump of wrongdoing during the election. Each was routed to the FBI through a different source or was used to send news articles with similar allegations that further build an uncorroborated public narrative of Trump-Russia collusion. Most troubling. The FBI relied on at least one of those news stories to justify the FISA warrant against Carter Page. Interesting. That sort of multifaceted allegation machine, which can be traced back to a single source, is known in spycraft as circular intelligence reporting. It's the sort of bad product that professional spooks are trained to spot and reject. But Team Stroke kept pushing it through, through the system, causing a major escalation of a probe for which, by his own words, he knew had no big there there. Stroke the same man who went back to interview Lieutenant General Mike Flynn and set him up. The answer as to why a pro such as Stroke would take such action has become clear, at least to congressional investigators. That clarity comes from the context of the other emails and text messages that surrounded the May 1927 declaration. Turns out that what Stroke and Lisa Page were really doing that day was debating whether they should stay with the FBI and try to rise through the ranks to the level of an assistant director or join Mueller's special counsel team. Who gives an F? One more AD like Redacted or whoever, Stroke wrote, weighing the merits of promotion before apparently suggesting that what would be a more attractive role Quote, an investigation leading to impeachment, unquote. Lisa Page apparently realized the conversation had gone too far and tried to reel it in. Quote, we should stop having this conversation here, she texted back, adding later it was important to examine the different realistic outcomes of the case. And it goes on. One of the things as a side note or footnote, if you will, that takes place here is... Obviously, this show is 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific. The first monologue, the second monologue that I do, the issues that I attach, uh, that I uh, attack and discuss with you. Mr. Producer and I have noticed, wind up on TV, don't they, Mr. Producer? So now they're doing a thorough look into Mr. Brennan. Coincidence? I think not. Just make sure you listen here. We don't plagiarize anybody. I'll be right back. Mark in.
some of the people who appear on TV and radio? When the left points to them and says, the Russians interfered in our election. Why won't Trump say so? The answer should be, no, they did interfere, and Trump has said so, but what did Obama do about it? That should be the retort every single time, everywhere. What did Obama do about it? No, no, I want to talk about Trump. No, no, no. Obama was the commander-in-chief. He had the responsibility to protect us from the Russians. What did he do about it? Everybody should say that. Everybody. But they won't. They won't. All right, let's see what we have here. Let's go to... Oh, hold on there. Mike! Marietta, California. 870 AM, the answer. Go! Hey, how you doing, Mark? Love your show. My wife and I listen to you when we can. Thank and, you. Uh, I think you do a phenomenal job of spotlighting the key issues that are important to us in the country. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, I was listening to you talk about uh, Mr. Brennan, and he's just the tip of the iceberg. What concerns me are the seven eights that we don't see, and how many people has he put into key positions that feel the same way he did? That is so an excellent point. That, that, that is a great point, and I, I think... Uh, Mr. Brennan, uh, given his uh, voting record uh, for Gus Hall, maybe he would prefer Comrade Brennan. Might be. But okay. you're right. Who, who did he, uh, what types of people did he sprinkle around the CIA or the rest of the government? Somebody had to do his dirty work when they went after the Senate files. And they had to believe the same way he did, or else they'd know that what they were doing was wrong. And, and by the way, at the, the first, when he was confronted with it, first he lied about it. But but have you ever heard of the CIA tapping into Senate files of staffers and then threatening them? Have you ever heard anybody do such a thing? No, back in my day when I was in the Navy, if you had any kind of sympathy like that, you were out. You wouldn't get a clearance. You wouldn't get anything. No, but people are charged. Yeah, but, but, but you're the CIA director? And uh, nothing That's happens? It, it, apart from privacy, it's illegal. You're broken into somebody's computer. And I said that's a travesty that he ever became yes. a CIA director. It's incredible. So now I think we have the right to ask questions about it since they're throwing around the words treason and, and Russia's influence over Trump. Okay. We have a guy who voted for a communist who was funded by the Soviets. Okay. Now we want to know about him. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. And why he didn't lift a finger to stop the Russians when they were interfering in our election. Kurt, Fort Worth, Texas, the great WBAP, go. Yes, uh, Mark, I'm just shocked. I was talking to your producer, and it's just, I've been looking into Mr. Brennan a long time, way before this, uh, and I'm glad you're bringing it up, because without you, people are not going to wake up on this. This guy has got a... A crazy past. You've already pointed that out. And he spied on the Senate. That's against the law. And my friends in special ops have been telling me stories about him going back six, seven years ago that I thought at first were fantastical. And then I found out many of those facts that they told me lined up as facts. So I have to believe the other parts that I can't confirm because I don't have clearance. They did. This man is bad juju, if you know what I mean. He's bad news. And he needs to be scrutinized uh, authoritatively, legally, 
and with great haste. This man is a very big problem for our He's country. obviously very, very cozy with the media. For MSNBC to hire this guy, uh, I, I just, I, I really desperately would like to talk to him. I want to know if he's been a source. I want to know more about his background. I just want to know because there's something completely out of kilter with this man. I've never seen an ex-CIA director conduct himself the way Brennan does. Uh, the things he says about a sitting president, I really believe he is a force that is trying to undermine the commander-in-chief while he's pretending to attack the commander-in-chief because he claims he's not strong enough on Russia. That's very, very clever, but that's the sort of disinformation that some of us are well aware of. Thank you for your call, Kurt. We much appreciate it. We'll be right back. Conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. You know, there's been another major security breach, and this one by the marketing firm Exactus, maybe the largest to date. Personal information of 230 million people was leaked. Identity theft has gotten so bad that for every two of you listening, the personal information for one of you has likely been exposed. You can't mess around with this stuff. You need a different kind of identity protection. Now, I'm very proud to partner with My ID Care, a company that has been taking care of Fortune 500 companies for years. My ID Care will work with you personally. They cover you for the nine types of identity theft and provide best in class service. For less than 10 bucks a month, My ID Care can even help. If you're already a victim. Hmm. Now, I switched to my ID care, as you know, and signed up my parents, too. Uh, we don't want to worry about uh, identity theft anymore, and neither should you. My listeners also get 15% off at myidcare.com slash mark. That's myidcare.com slash mark. Learn more, and then let my ID care take care of you. That's myidcare.com slash mark, and a promo code mark. MyIDCare.com slash Mark, promo code Mark. It is the best protection you can get on the market today, period. Tom, Gainesville, Georgia, the great WIAY. Go. Hey, Mark. Thanks a million for everything you do for us and for the country. And um, if anybody is guilty of treason or at least sedition, that would be Mr. Brennan himself. He's obviously got Marxist leanings, communist leanings, whatever you want to say. Uh, He was an Obama appointee who surrounded himself with like-minded people who, uh, you know, are all pledged and trying to uh, totally, you know, what what was it, reinvent the country or whatever he said, fundamentally change America. Well, hello, doesn't that sound like a, a, a Marxist paradigm or something wildly different than what we've how we started, and the propagandizing, projectionist, progressive pukes like (laughs) Brennan, Hillary, Obama, and all of them. I might even throw Mueller in there because he's, he's, he's hired all of those lefties. It just, if I were a Martian, I'd be laughing my butt off, and what I don't understand is why... We don't 
highlight this every day. Oh, the day, the latest projection. Here he is, Mr. Brennan. Step up to the plate. All right, sir. Thank you. Well, we've been talking about it all damn day, haven't I, Mr. Producer? So why doesn't anyone highlight it? I mean, I just spent three hours on it. Okay. Um, there's a show, a show called The View. I don't understand this show. You've got all these yentas, all left-wing kooks, and then Meghan McCain. And they pile up on any conservative who happens to show up there. Poor Meghan McCain is, is terribly outnumbered. And they call this The View. The view of what? Left-wing yentas? And who can listen to this? People, you know, people go on this show. They want to go on this show. For what purpose? Uh, let's see here. So, Whoopi Goldberg, who's an idiot, she's obviously on The View. Our friend Judge Janine Pirro is on The View, talking, trying to talk about her book. But the status progressive left, yeah, they don't want to have a conversation. Imagine that. Who's ever heard of such a thing? Here's some of it. Cut 16, go. Listen, I don't have Trump derangement. Let me tell you what I have. Okay. I have a lot of, I'm tired of people starting a conversation with Mexicans or liars and rapists. I'm tired of people starting a conversation about this. Hey, hey. How about we start a conversation that a president in America has Nazi concentration camps and Japanese internment camps, huh? How about that, Whoopi? The hell is her name, anyway? What's her real name? Is it Whoopi? I know, she's had that name for decades. Was that her birth name? I kind of doubt it. Go ahead. I'm 62 years old. There have been a lot of people in office that I didn't agree with, but I have never, ever seen anything like this i've never don't worry she doesn't have trump derangement syndrome though she's never seen anything like this maybe she's never heard maxine waters anyway go ahead hate i've never seen anybody be so dismissive and i and clearly you don't watch the show so now keep in mind keep in mind the judge is there to talk about her book and Whoopi Goldberg got her back up because, what do you mean? I'm not uh, Trump derangement syndrome. And there she is, deranged. Go ahead. I don't suffer from that. What I suffer from is the inability to figure out how to fix this. That's my issue. But one of the things that you talk about a lot, and I'm curious about it, is the deep state. How long has the deep state been there and who's running it? Well, the, the, I want to answer your question because you gave you had to ask you a question. You had I, your I, opening statement, which was how horrible it is that Donald Trump no, is talking no, no, about all what you, of these I'm people. Sorry, you know what that's I what you said. You said, well, but you know you what's said that when it was it's okay. be here end it's, up murdering the children of American citizens. You know what's horrible? What's when, horrible when the president of the United States whips up cities. people to beat no, the hell out of people. No, say goodbye. Yay! Yay! Who's that? Oh, her name was Karen Johnson? It's like the idiot who used to be on Comedy Central. What was his name? John Stewart? That's not his. I think his last name's Lipschitz or something. I don't know why people change their names. Uh, anyway, uh, wasn't that pleasant? Why? Why? John Leibowitz. It was close. 
Why can't we all get along? This happens all the time. Well, we're trying to change it. Uh, it's not changing. Stop with the, uh, with the martyr syndrome. Lance, Tallahassee, Florida on the Mark Levin app. Go. Mark, thank you for taking my call. It's great to be on the show. I love you your bet. passion for our, our country. Thank you. And um, I was listening when you talked about the retort, when they talk about what was Obama doing. I agree with that. And I get frustrated. I, I supported McCain in 08. I supported Romney in 12. And I want people to Google Obama-Romney, Obama, October 22nd, 2012, second debate, when Obama went out of his way to talk about right. threats in the world and made fun right. of Romney for saying Russia was a threat. And he, went, right. he, he had a cue line. The 1980s went their foreign policy back. Yes. So this is a script. And Sir, sir, you're doing whataboutism. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to refer to history. You're not allowed to have context. You're not allowed to point out hypocrisy. Don't you understand? Well, I'm a professor, and I'm trying to teach the young folks how to think and how to yes. go back in time with context and ask good questions. Because this country, oh, while President Trump might be reckless with his words, maybe a lot, he loves his country. And he's trying to change it. And we haven't had a president since Reagan who has actually put the people like me first. I don't get to listen to these shows much, but when I do, I'm thankful for you because it gives me hope. But I just want people to continue to understand we need to fight. The investigation is hurting this man's ability to be president. And you know what? You don't like him? Get out and try to beat him in the next election. That's what I would tell the other side. Mm-hmm. Well said, Professor. I appreciate your call. Yep, yep, yep. I agree with him completely. Now, uh, the House Intelligence Committee, uh, for the Democrats, it's the House Not Intelligence Committee, Uh, This is from, uh, what is this from? Looks like the Washington Times. Republicans voted down a motion introduced by two Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee to subpoena President Trump's translator. Now, let's just stop there. Think about that. A president of the United States could never have a confidential or private conversation with another head of state who doesn't speak English because, according to the Democrats, they should be able to subpoena the translator. That's how nuts these people are. They didn't have any problems with Obama's secret deals in the Iran deal. They didn't subpoena anyone. They didn't ask any questions. They just supported it. Committee members Adam Schiff. Now, this guy is a slimeball. I don't know what else to call him. Eric Swalwell, another slimeball. Both of California announced the congressional vote on Twitter. Mr. Schiff said the move was an extraordinary remedy, but the president's rhetoric at the summit and in subsequent days necessitated it. They don't want to know anything about Uranium One and the transfer of 20% control of our uranium to a Putin front company. They don't want to know a thing about it. They don't want to know a thing about all the Russian money that was laundered through the Clinton Foundation. They don't want to know a thing about it. Nothing. They don't want to know a thing about the dossier. Nothing. Nothing. But this they want to know. To subpoena the translator? Now, there's something called the Constitution. And what we call, as I said yesterday, separation of powers. The president is the commander-in-chief. Congress has no role respective to the commander-in-chief. Yes, in terms of appropriations for the military, I'm not talking about that. The president makes decisions in foreign policy. 
And if there's a treaty provided or if there's appropriation related to it, then Congress has a role. They never asked to subpoena any translator who worked with Obama or John Kerry when he was selling out to the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran or when they were selling out to any country in the world for that matter. These are, these are such outrageous efforts, unconscionable, that you would completely handicap a president. He'd be completely incapable of conducting foreign policy, which is what they want. During an interview on CNN's New Day, what the hell is that? Does anyone watch that? Early Thursday morning, Mr. Shiftless, Shifty Shiftless, suggested the president was influenced by Mr. Putin during their private meeting. This is why I suggest that Mr. Brennan, Mr. Brennan may well be the Manchurian former CIA director. See, we can throw these things around. What a useless... I mean, the framers have to be rolling in their graves watching this go on, if they are. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The left is melting down over the Supreme Court. Europe is melting down because they have to finally pay their fair share for NATO. Record temperatures, melting half the country. You know, it's the height of summer. The only thing working harder than the obstructionist left is your HVAC system. Now, what about your allergies and all that junk, which isn't in your lungs? Well, it's in your home's HVAC filters. This is an addition to the record heat, which is pushing your system to the max. Trust me on this. I've had to replace several systems. Spend 15 or 20 bucks. Save your lungs and your HVAC system with fresh filters for my friends at FilterBuy. America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. You know they carry over 600 sizes plus custom options ship free within 24 hours. And if that's not enough, they're manufactured right here in America. So it's really the perfect product. Are you forgetful like I am? Like you don't sit around saying, you know what, I need to change the filters in my HVAC system. You can set up a delivery system, auto delivery, which sends you the filters on a schedule. And they show up, and then obviously you'll know to take out the old ones and put in the fresh ones. And by the way, you'll save 5%. So save time, save money, breathe better with FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com. I know we do in the Levin household. That's FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com and tell them Mark sent you. Let us continue, shall we? I think we shall. Yes, yes, yes. Hold on now. We're getting there. By the way, uh, Mr. Producer, are the Phillies still in first place in their division? I'm asking Mr. Producer because aren't you a Mets fan? Where are they, by the way? The Baltimore Orioles are 40 games out of first. Is that Did I read that correctly? 40? Something like that? So basically, you go to that baseball game just to get the hot dogs, pretty much. George, New York City, the great WABC. Go! That would be you, yeah. George. Yeah, I'm here. Go right ahead. Take, take your this time, but a, hurry up. This is an honor to speak with you, Mark. Um, Thank you, sir. I was going to say that Donald Trump should admit that there was Russian meddling in 2016. He's been doing it all day. He's done it in the past. 
And let's say he admits it again today. Will that fix anything? Well, it, it will explain how Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. No, I don't think so. She won the popular vote because a lot of people in California turned out. That's why. That's how she won the popular vote. Okay. Well, I, I was going to say it was Russian meddling that helped her win. The I vote. know. You're being tongue-in-cheek. Tongue in All right, George. Thank you for your call. No, that was liberal meddling. Jerry, also New York City, the great WABC. Go. Okay, Mark. I got a song for this Whoopi Goldberg and her hypocritical BS that she goes through. Why doesn't she go with all her millions and go and fight with Mr. de Blasio and fight for fight about... She, she grew up in the city projects. Why didn't she go fight with him and make proper living uh, standards for the people in, in the city projects? Well, I, I understand your point, and your point is we, the, these, uh, these radical leftists are elected all the time. We had one as president, now you got one as mayor of uh, New York, DeCamio. And uh, despite all their promises and all their abstractions and theories and visions, it never gets better. It always gets worse. Yeah, but, 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 but you're right. There's Whoopi Goldberg trashing Trump as being a hater. Yeah. I seem to recall Obama was a hater. I seem to recall Obama turned uh, uh, one race against another race. I seem to recall Obama was undermining uh, local law enforcement. I seem to recall that. Where was Whoopi Goldberg? Thank you for your call, sir. Steve in New Jersey, Sirius Satellite. How may I help you, sir? How are you, sir? Hey, a uh, yes. couple of things. One is just a couple of dumb comments from me is, um, you know, poking the bear. I mean, to, uh, Trump has become such a master at poking the bear. The liberal bear, he pokes it all the time. They are kind. Now, when you say the bear, you mean liberals or you mean the communists in uh, Russia? Uh, well, well, uh, uh, I would go with just the, the liberals uh, here and the yes, old yes. U.S., the wonderful lefties. Um, mm -hmm. But he's actually, you know, with Obama, you know, he used to have to, everybody would listen to what he say, nobody would watch what he does. I just have such faith in Trump is, is, is doing all these good things. These people are in hysteria. But, but now with this whole Putin garbage, we're going to get our Supreme Court guy passed. They don't know what to do. They're constantly spinning. And just one, one other thing is, talk about Adam Schiff. Don't you think that, that he might be the reincarnation of Latka from Taxi? <laughs> Maybe so. A uh, good one. I, all <laughs> right. Thanks for your call. It could be. All right. Let us go to Jerry in Wyoming on the Mark Levin app. How's Wyoming, Jerry? It's hot and dry, Mark. How are you? Welcome to summer. I'm good. How are you? Exactly. Oh, I'm glad I'm not in Texas. <laughs> yes. So my comment is, uh, what does John Brennan have on the uh, the Obamas and the uh, Clintons that he's getting a, a free skate on all this stuff that no one's ever, you know, coming after him? That's my comment. And I, I think Brennan's dirty, and by that I mean he is... Uh, he is uh, he he is a hardcore radical leftist. I don't believe he's ever surrendered that. Uh, I don't know how he got into the CIA. I don't know how he became CIA director with Republican votes. As a matter of fact, uh, this guy is bad through and through, and I'm going to keep targeting him. And I want him to come on the show to give him equal time. But he's a coward. He'll never come on this show. He'll go on the View with Whoopi Goldberg. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Thank you for listening, my beloved audience. Check out Levin TV tonight, and I'll see you right here tomorrow. God bless. You.